episode 18 the rojo show how's everybody doing today on this friday before the weekend sorry for the uh the slight delay i was caught up in um house of lies been binge watching that for the last uh three days i'll get into that a little bit maybe i should get into it now anybody who can name for me one tv show one mainstream tv show where the principal actor the lead actor is black and has a positive relationship with a black spouse. Just one. I just want one, okay? Um, in this one, Nia Long's in there for a hot second. They don't show her boobs or anything. Every other woman on this show has shown her titties, except Nia Long, which was the one I wanted to see. Um, they did show some black boobs, which TV is usually very hesitant to do because there is a fear of the black anatomy. And I will get into that a little bit later when we talk about uh, RG3 and Michael Vick in our NFL segment today. But I just I just want one TV show with a black actor that is not necessarily labeled a black show. Cause I know if anybody, if anybody comes to me talking about a Tyler Perry show, you can kill yourself on the way up. Cause that that's, that's not mainstream. That's like, that's like uh B level Negro TV, Tyler Perry shows. If, I mean, Listen, and and I'll, I'll give them I give them kudos because this isn't gonna this isn't gonna turn into like a Tyler Perry conversation. Uh, anybody that's talked to me or has anybody that knows me or has heard any of these shows, you could probably assume how I feel about Tyler Perry, and it has nothing to do with him uh, possibly being gay. It has something to do with him dressing up as like a woman. Um, but I mean, he he's successful and he does his thing, and he employs a lot of black people. That's awesome. Uh, so does crack in the eighties employed a lot of black people but i just want one show that shows the mainstream how much a black man can indeed love and honor his woman who is black because even even in power okay even in power yeah he has a black wife but he's cheating on her with and she's with some latino chick and I mean, that's cool. I guess if that was and, and even power is in many ways considered a black show. It's mainstream, I guess. Well, not really. Power. I still wouldn't name. I was I still wouldn't call power a, a, a mainstream show. Um, I, I guess I would say. I mean, Empire's on Fox, so I guess that makes that a little bit more mainstream. I've never seen an, I've never seen one episode of Empire. Um, I do know that there's Terrence Howard and uh, what is her name? Shit, that's him. Uh, uh, it's right in my face. Um, Cookie. Cookie to hit. Uh, no, Cookie from Empire is. 
What? Um, come on, show her name. Oh my God, it's telling me about. I tried to Google it and it's showing me her name for real. It's just telling me about Cookie. I don't want to know Taraji Henson. There we go, Taraji P Henson. Boom. I wonder if I could start working my middle initial into my name, Jared A. Lathan. I don't really like it. I'd rather just, I'd rather say my whole middle name. I'm not going to say it now because everybody don't know, need to know it. But anyway, um, but even their relationship is like somewhat rocky, right? Like they don't have a, they don't have a perfect marriage. Um, I just want to see one happy black family or black couple on TV. They don't, they, they could be into some shady shit, but I just want to see a happy black couple. Um, and it's like, there aren't any, I don't think. No. And, and they don't show black. Okay. So a perfect example when I was watching, um, so, okay. So entourage entourage has lots of naked women in them. Very rarely is there a naked black woman. And if so, they don't show her titties, which could possibly be why I was somewhat, surprised when I saw my first set of boobs like black boobs in person that I could like touch and like really experience they were awesome they were really nice <laughs> maybe I'm thinking about them because I just saw them again this weekend well I didn't see them like really see them I saw my ex one of my ex from like high school years 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 ago and her boobs were looking nice um I was just I had to catch myself because I was kind of I was kind of looking at him and reminiscing. But at any rate, they don't show women's boobs on on TV, black women's. They'll show some white titties with no hesitation, but they don't show black black uh, like really nice sets of like black titties on TV. And there's hundreds of them. I know they are. I know they're awesome boobs. I know they have black women very attractive with wonderful racks come into these. Um, auditions and things like that. And they don't show a lot of Latino boobs either. I guess that maybe they do. It's a little bit more. Um, you can you can like sneak Latino boobs in. Because like, for instance, with Power, she's a very fair-skinned Latino. She's not like very dark, very curly hair. Like, I guess they showed J-Lo's boobs in Money Train. Yeah. Yeah, they did that. Yeah, I guess. But okay, so even those examples, right? Wesley Snipes. Um, let's, we'll, just, we'll just take the two movies I can think of off the top of my head: um, Money Train and uh, White Man Can't Jump, both starring Woody Harrelson, who I, I like. I like Woody. Um, they show J Lo's boobs, but they don't let him date some. They definitely don't let him date or be in, in be involved with a black woman as black as Wesley Snipes. Cause those now, now listen, black, like dark, dark skin titties with like the, like the, uh, the headlight areola. Woo. If this is too much, it's okay. I'm, I'm not going to stick on this subject too long, but fear of the black body. I'm telling you, there's something to it in Hollywood. There, there's a fear of minority bodies and, um, tired of it. I just watch all these shows and like, like on House of, House of Lies, like his wife or his his baby mama, um, Roscoe's mom. If you watch the show, uh, she's is she white? Like she could very she's she's if she's she's very dark for a white woman, 
And they, they are in LA, but it's not like a tan. It's like a, she looks more like a very fair skinned black woman, like very, very, very fair. Like Malcolm X's mom. If that might be, everybody might not know how fair skinned Malcolm X's mom was. She looked white, but she's, she looks like one of those black women that looks white. Um, she acts like a white woman cause she's crazy, but, and not to say black women can't be crazy, but you know, um, I don't know. I just had to, I just had to get that out. Fear the black body. As I said, I'll be revisiting that subject when we talk about RG three and Michael Vick. Why don't we just hop into RG three and Michael Vick right now? Let's give a quick, um, let's give a quick roadmap. Um, black pick masters left out of barbecue. Boom. Chris Carter, uh, gives advice to NFL rookies. I posted Tracy Ellis Ross's workout video. Jesus. I wonder what her boobs look like. Cause she's like, she's, she's very light skinned. She's not very light skinned. She's, she's pretty light skinned. Hmm. That's enough. I'll think about that later. Um, uh, RG three and the fear of the black quarterback, Patrick Stewart. Uh, I might not talk about Patrick. Stewart. I might, uh, black women kicked off the wine train. Uh, Gumball 3000 Brock Lesnar Brock Lesnar gives opinions on Ronda Rousey Ferguson withdraws warrants Prior to 2015 And women tennis players And the hypocrisy of equality I just came up with that The hypocrisy of equality in women's tennis I like that So um, let's start with Michael Vick and RG3 So RG3 uh, Well Robert Griffin III A.K.A. RG3 a little sip of my cold coffee. Um, so I guess it, earlier this week or late last week in an interview, he made some comments about him being the best uh, quarterback in the NFL, which he's not. Anybody who watches in the NFL knows he's not the best quarterback in the, in the NFL. Top quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, I mean, regardless of deflate gate, you got to put Tom Brady up there. So Tom Brady. Um, regular season specifically, we can speak about Peyton Manning because we all know he kind of sucks in the, in the playoffs. He's kind of like Carmelo Anthony. Um, Carmelo Anthony, awesome, awesome scorer. He's been pretty faithful to the Knicks, although he very well could have left and went to some other teams to make a more, uh, fervent run. At a championship, which is supposed to be the aim of all basketball players. That's supposed to be the coup de gras. Not the coup de gras. The coup de gras is something extra, right? Or like maybe it is the coup de gras. The coup de gras is the is like a expression for like the top the top thing, the most important thing. Or is the coup de gras like some extra shit? Like like the icing on the cake. I don't know. Uh in the NF in the NBA, the the ultimate objective is to get a ring. And Carmelo Anthony has had multiple opportunities to go to other teams and make that happen, but he doesn't because he gets a higher payday being the star, albeit the lone star on the New York Knicks. Um, and I guess his wife loves New York or some shit, but she'd have to take the, take a back seat to that shit. I, I need a ring, baby. Um but when he gets in the playoffs, I don't think he's he's been in the league as long as LeBron. So I guess ten years. He's a little about ten years. He's a little older than me. Both of them are a little older than me. LeBron might be like thirty one. I am am not thirty yet. Close. 
But um, so Peyton Manning is kind of like that. He he holds. I'm pretty sure he holds all of the regular season passing records, uh, or most of them, because he he passed Dan Marino, um, another person who had a problem getting to the promised land. Um, but top. Okay, so there's Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. Obviously, the next tier under that would probably be Aaron Rodgers. Shouts to E. <laughs> I'll give I'll give him that. Aaron Rodgers. Um I guess that was a weird sound. I guess Eli Manning. I mean, he's got two rings. So I mean he he always tries to make the case of him being an elite quarterback. But he's got two rings. So he he's gotta be up there in some kind of way. Some people might not put him in the top five. I'd put him in the top five. Where am I at? Three. So two more. Um Russell Wilson is good, but his whole team is good. He's not the best quarterback. I wouldn't put him top five. Who am I missing? Um, Ryan Tannehill is supposed to be really good this year. I need some proof, though. So, okay, we'll just go with who people would mostly say. So, they'll mostly say Tom Brady, um, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Eli Manning, um, uh, Come on, I just shouted out Ease Boy, Aaron Rodgers, and not Tony Romo. De- I'm not even mentioning Chicago Bears quarterback. I'll just mention him as that, the Chicago Bears quarterback. He's not top five. I don't think he's top ten. Um, but who would be a not who would be the nice a nice fifth one? I don't know. Somebody call um somebody call in. Not call in, but send me an email. Who's the top five quarterbacks in your opinion? At any rate, um RG three came into the league. Did he go to Baylor? I think he went to Baylor. And was he, he immediately he immediately attracted controversy. Number one, because any black quarterback that's in the top five draft choices. Because the big thing was who'd be better, him or Andrew Luck. He had a better first year than Andrew Luck. He did not have a better second year than Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck Andrew Luck will probably be in the top five in the next two to five years. Um, if if Tom Brady and and um Peyton Manning weren't there, he'd probably bump up. Big Ben was good for a minute, but he's kind of been he's he's his his skills have waned in the last couple years. Not Joe Flacco. I don't know. Send me an email, the Rojo Show at gmail.com. Top five quarterbacks. RG3 made a comment about him being one of the, uh, the best uh, quarterback in the league. He's not. You want your quarterback to feel that way, I suppose, because you want them out there with the maximum amount of confidence in themselves, especially in a city like um, Washington, where he hasn't necessarily, I mean, and the, the team itself has been a failure for a number of years at this point. Um, and they don't have a good reputation with black quarterbacks as Donovan McNabb tried to tell him when he came in. But I can understand not necessarily wanting advice from Donovan McNabb because his last couple of years, I mean, he's he's never been highly regarded by the teams he's been on. Um, he did okay when he was in Philly, but then a lot of people got rubbed the wrong way by the, uh, by how he treated T.O. And a lot of people didn't give a shit because T.O. is kind of a polarizing figure and a bit of an asshole himself. Um, but RG3 came in 
with a lot of things that confused a lot of people. So he's got this kind of contra. It's not controversial. Black people really don't. I don't think black people really give a shit about his hair. White people do though. So there were a lot of talks about him not looking like a quarterback, you know, and that's that's just a whole thing with white people, um, or not. Well, it's white people not understanding black hair and how it's an expression and how we like to grow our hair and wear it the way it it naturally grows and we we um. We tend to find styles that are more comfortable for us or whatever. I really don't like those braids he be wearing. Uh, me and Bomani Jones got into it on Twitter briefly about it. It's kind of whack sauce. I'd rather, I mean, when Michael Vick came into the league, he had cornbread, uh, cornrows, right? Michael Vick draft picture. Um... But when he uh, when he came into the league, he had these weird braids. I'm pretty sure a lot of people didn't like him because um, he had a white. Well, he he didn't have. He has a white girlfriend now. His white wife. So a lot of white people don't like that, and they might not. I think a lot of white people people admit will admit it. And I've alluded to this on past podcasts. I don't think any father um, imagines his daughter marrying a man that is not of the same race as they are but this was his high school sweetheart his college woman i don't know if they were high school sweethearts it definitely is woman through college i mean she's a little regular looking white girl she got a big booty i guess but i mean you're from the south so white girls come with that right that's what the cornbread fed um but in this first preseason game games that usually don't matter I'll give you an example. Um, the starting quarterback in preseason games, usually, unless there are extenuating circumstances, such as he was uh, he was hurt all summer and they want to get him some ep- extra reps to s- get him back in rhythm, he might play a little extra then. Um, that's pretty much it. Unless there are extenuating circumstances, your starting quarterback in preseason games usually plays three to five series three to five, you know, three to five runs, and then they sit their asses down because the quarterback is the most important, um, the most important position on a football team, kind of like a kind of like a point guard would be in in basketball. RG3 played basically the whole well, he played until he got knocked out with a possible concussion. Which is very, very uh, strange. What's another word? Rare. It's rare for a coach to keep his starting quarterback in such a precarious situation for so long, especially when you're not playing with your starting offensive line. Now, for um, for football, this is a little football breakdown for idiots, and I am in no way a football professional or a football uh, aficionado or um uh resource i know a little bit about what i know but there's a lot of shit about football i don't know i never played jones didn't have a football team um but tom brady for instance and again i'm not i'm not comparing rg3 to tom brady as a quarterback or as as far as skill set i'm just using this to gauge how starting quarterbacks are played or are utilized during preseason games Tom Brady played three series, four series, 
And that was it. They sat him down and they got their uh they got their second string quarterback some runs. One quarterback, I can't remember which one it was, he took one hit, coach pulled him, sat him down, put in that second string. If you look at the clips of the hits that RG3 was taking from that uh Detroit Lions defensive line, they were kicking his ass. He got thrown to the ground multiple times. They were taking clear shots at him. His his offensive line, if you don't know about football, the offensive line is what protects the quarterback. And they did a shit job of it the whole game. Okay? RG3 uh possibly had a he injured, he got a stinger in his neck, which is like just like a uh it would be more it's it's more intense than like a crick or a crook when you get a crook in your neck when you sleep wrong it's it's from like an awkward hit or an awkward uh amount of pressure on your neck hurts like a bitch a lot of times it causes tingling or um or loss of feeling in in limbs arms specifically um you'll tingle like through your uh pinky and and ring finger i've had stingers before that's nothing but he had a stinger. He had a possible concussion. And that's why he was pulled out of the preseason game. Not because you want to save or conserve the energy of your starting quarterback. Because he couldn't go anymore. And there are a lot of sources in the NFL that are saying his coach, Jay Gruden, first year coach, could be fucking with him a little bit. Trying to, you know, trying to show him who's the boss. Which is only a move that is used by white people to try and um, enforce some kind of power to in some way put some kind of a choke chain on you, you know? Have you ever, I, I've, had, I've had aggressive dogs growing up, right? I had a Rottweiler, I had a uh, Pitbull Mastiff mix. Those are big, energetic dogs. ATN, this girl across the street that I grew up with, her family always had big dogs. And there's this collar that you can put on a dog, usually when you're walking it or training it. And it's made out of metal. And on the inside, there are spikes. Not, uh, it's a little bit more than a spike. Um, but they're on the inside of the collar as opposed to being on the outside where you see like a lot of like S&M type of like... Uh, jewelry the spikes on the inside so when you pull the collar the spikes dig slightly into the dog's neck to kind of let him know you mean business right that is what jay gruden has put on rg3 in this preseason game and what he's trying to put on him he's trying to let him know that hey i don't give a fuck if you get injured out there you play when i tell you to play my starting quarterback my buck nigga Buck being a term used for big, strong slaves back in the day. A lot of outside sources, other co- other other coaches in the NFL say it looks very personal. And RG3 didn't have a good relationship with his last coach, Mike Shanahan. Um, got him out of there. A lot of coaches are coaches and players are a little disturbed by. RG3's awesome relationship with Dan Dan Snyder or Dan Gilbert? Dan's 
Snyder. I think it's Dan Snyder, owner of Redskins. Yeah, Daniel Snyder. A lot of people are um are threatened by that relationship. I don't know why. There's lots of quarterbacks who have awesome relationships with their team's owner. Shout to Tony Homo. Him and Jerry Jones are always running around. I guess that's different because Jerry Jones also acts as his own um general manager of the team. So he actually makes he actually decides and makes trades and things like that. Something that a lot of owners don't do on their own teams. But a lot of players, there's a lot of shit against RG3. A lot of it he brings up on his own because he's he's apparently an egomaniac. He's apparently kind of hard to be around, kind of hard to tolerate, doesn't have a lot of respect for vets, kind of thinks that uh, something is owed to him in a way. And a lot of times when you're dealing with star, star athletes, that's just par for the course. It's, it, you, it's, it's a blessing. It's a breath of fresh air when you get an athlete that doesn't have a head up there, their heads up their asses. And in football, football is a sport where to play it, you have to have a certain amount of gravitas. You have to have a certain amount of uh, machismo to take those hits and keep going. And he shows it. There's one hit that he takes during that Lions game where he stays in the pocket and delivers an awesome pass and gets smashed for it. And these these Lions players are not giving him any slack. They don't give a shit. Which shows you the difference between him and let's bring Michael Vick into the fold. Michael Vick, and for all intents and purposes, is um, a nigga's nigga. He's a guy's guy. A lot of people like Michael Vick in the league. Um, they appreciate what he brings to the game. Um, they respect the fact that he, um, he fucked up with the dog fighting thing, went to jail for a year. Okay. Went to jail for a year, paid the price, served the punishment that was given to him, which goes back to another conversation I had in a, in a past podcast about, um, what do we expect after they come out of this rehabilitation in the form of prison or in the form of jail um, has made uh, countless PSAs for PETA has donated lots of money to PETA has spoken outward, uh, has spoken out about um, how wrong he was for the things he's done. He's done everything we've asked for him in the form of rehabilitation. When you see play, when you see players hit him, because Michael Vick has a reputation as being a little a little fragile. When players hit him, they help him off the ground. They pick him up and pat him on the ass. Black and white players, because they respect him. They don't respect RG3. His own coach doesn't respect him. Do I have advice for him? Not necessarily, because I can't tell you how to be an asshole and make friends. I know how to be an asshole and be an asshole. That's kind of why I'm in the position I'm in now. That's kind of why I am who I am. But um, RG3 and this this thing with his coaches, he's he's got to figure that shit out because he's not. I don't right now. I'd like to call E and see what the over under is on RG3 making it to the season, making it through the whole season. I'll say now I don't see him playing more than six games before he gets knocked out. Now, I'll use that to segue into Michael Vick. As I said, he played for the Atlanta Falcons. 
got found out on some um some dog fighting charges got got found guilty on some dog fighting charges went to prison for a year lost a hundred the hundred million dollar contract he had with uh with the Atlanta Falcons came out hopeful uh thankfully got picked up by the the Eagles under Donovan McNabb I believe Donovan McNabb gets hurt he comes in saves the season has an awesome year gets another contract gets hurt most of that year comes back it's all good he gets dropped Michael Vick just got uh this week got picked up by the Pittsburgh Steelers awesome team I'm really good I'm really happy that uh Mike is it Mike Tomlinson Mike Mike Tomlin is that his name it's coach for the Pittsburgh yeah, yeah yeah Mike Tomlin Black coach, successful coach, hard-nosed coach, no bullshit coach, where Michael Vick would, should be, where I would want to be if I was a football player. And now, the city of Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, yeah, it's a city. The city of Pittsburgh has put together a petition against Michael Vick being on the Steelers, 15,000 signatures, which don't take shit, really. If I had the patience and put together a little street team, I could go out and get 15,000 signatures for some shit too. I mean, petitions are actually one of the, I don't want to say a lackadaisical approach to protest because it does take time to stand out there and get those signatures. But I mean, anybody can get people to sign for shit if they get a couple of charismatic people to pitch it and have the time to stand out there and get the actual signatures. But they have 15,000 signatures complaining about him being uh, picked up by the Steelers, him being uh, his, his cruelty to animals, which at this point is three years ago, four years ago. Michael Vick. Dog fighting case. Uh, when was it, though? Animal abuse, 2008, 2008, this is 2015, that's more than five years ago, it's eight years ago, 23 months, that's two years, 23 months in federal prison, prison, followed by three years of probation, crazy, crazy, he's off probation at this point. 15,000 signatures and and here is here is the proverbial kicker their starting quarterback Ben Roethlisberger big white guy big Ben and it, it has nothing to do with him being white because the Steelers are a predominantly black team and Ben Roethlisberger when you hang around niggas that long you I, I fuck I fucks with big Ben big Ben was one of my favorite quarterbacks for a certain amount of time but Ben Roethlisberger has been accused of rape two or three times. And there's no petition for him. Especially in this time of women's awareness and feminism being at, I don't want to say an all-time high, but it's at a, it's definitely at an all-time annoyance. I've never been so annoyed by women pushing agendas as I am as I am now. And I'm not saying they that they don't have platforms or they I'm, pull back. I'm not saying that they shouldn't have platforms. 
I'm not saying that I uh, disagree with a lot of their points. I disagree with some of them, and I'll speak on one of them in a second. But it everything that could possibly be an issue is now an issue. And for them to acquire 15,000 signatures for Michael Vick being uh, brought on to this team after not only not only serving his penance but going above and beyond to be a a team leader to improve himself as a person to to preach and communicate a message of um anti cruelty to animals how many how, women ladies who listen to this podcast how many signatures did they get for Ben Roethlisberger, the accused rapist? Multiple, multiple, multiple time accused rapist. Is that not an outrage? Are you telling me that the people of Pittsburgh place more onus on the life of a dog than the sexual safety of women? Is, is that what I'm getting? Is that, is that what they saying? I think that's what they're saying, G. Is that really what they're saying? I think that's what they're saying. That is ludicrous. Not the rapper. The word. There is more value in Pittsburgh by, by what I'm seeing. There is a 15,000 signature value on Michael Vick, the accused, the sentenced, and supposedly the, the rehabilitated Michael Vick than there is on the multiple-time accused rapist, Ben Roethlisberger. And again, I'm not trying to bring attention to that. I'm not trying to bring attention to um, Ben Roethlisberger being uh, an accused rapist like people continuously bring up Ray Rice hitting his wife, like people continue, like Ronda Rousey continuously bringing up the fact that Floyd Mayweather can or can't read, has has been accused and convicted, I believe, of, of domestic violence, although she's now dating a wife beater. We'll get into that later, too. Michael Vick is being persecuted for some shit that he's already served time for. Fear of the black quarterback. Fear of the black quarterback. You know why Cam Newton doesn't get this? You know why Cam Newton doesn't get this this problem? Because Cam Newton stays in his fucking place. And that could be a good thing or a bad thing. But Cam Newton stays in his lane. You know, they well, they they he does get shit for um being uh, overly celebratory on the field with the Superman thing, you know? And even his own players, Steve Smith, OG, got all the respect in the world for Steve Smith of the Carolina Panthers. Steve Smith checked him on that shit. Like, yo, bro, we can't be down four touchdowns and then you rush in for one and you want to be pulling your shirt open like Superman. Save that shit for when we tie up the game. Save that shit for when it's a little bit more even. Eh? Eh? Little Canada. But, I mean, uh, Cam Newton, you know, stays in his place. He, uh, he has his little clothing line. He does all this, like, safe, quote-unquote, nigga shit that he can do with his money. He's got a little Under Armour contract, you know, and again, um, Jackson, Carolina Panthers, 
Is that who he plays? Yeah, he plays for the Carolina Panthers. He they don't get a lot of coverage anyway. Okay? Unless he's doing really well. But for the most part, he stays in his young lane. Okay? Whereas RG3, oh RG3 got a black got a white wife. So that's gonna put him on racist white people's radar already. And we can't act like Washington isn't a little racist because their fucking football team is called the Redskins. The most racist shit ever. I think they've finally gotten, uh, I think they, they have to change it now, but come on. Fear the black quarterback. And and RG, just to go back to RG3 for a second, he denied all of that in the beginning. He came out very, I don't want to say anti-black, but he seems like he has a problem identifying with that obvious part of his, of his, um, of his his self i mean tiger woods got some flack for the whole kublasian thing but tiger woods is a light-skinned um slanty-eyed nigga i mean pardon my euphemisms but that's what he is he can get away with that you look at rg3 you don't see kublasian you don't you see a black man okay and the fact that he tried to buck that and like i don't want to be known as a black quarterback i want to be known as a quarterback yeah i understand that but then when you can't say that and then do all this other shit that could be misconstrued as alienating your people. Shouts to Mike Vick, though. I think he's in a great place um, with Mike Tomlinson and uh, Mike Tomlin. I keep, I keep it's Ladanian Tomlinson, right? Ladan, yeah. And then it's Mike Tomlin. Sorry. I think he's in a great place in Pittsburgh, but Pittsburgh is on some bullshit right now. Okay, you got 15,000 signatures for a rehabilitated dog fighter, then you need to do something about your twice accused rapist. Let's keep it all the way real, Pittsburgh. Get off that bullshit. Moving on, staying in the NFL for a second, Chris Carter, who I usually don't really like. I like him sometimes. I I liked him before he did all that crying shit when... Um, when homie from the Vikings whooped his son and he came on TV and he was on Mike and Mike and he was crying talking about my mama beat me. She was wrong. And I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to shit on his, his story. Um, if that's true or whatever, if it affected him in some kind of way, I totally believe that. I totally understand that. That's not my point. I'm actually going to say something now that I really agreed with him. He was uh, asked to speak at the rookie symposium, which for some reason has cameras. I don't know why people, we don't need cameras every fucking where. Okay. The rookie symposium is a place where rookies are, they get, um, they get quality advice and training on things outside of the game. For example, I'm pretty sure they get quizzed on um, how to handle interviews. They have players come in and talk to them about off the field issues. Um, Herm Edwards is always at the rookie symposium, dropping knowledge. It's very imperative. I think it's a very important program. Uh, I hope that all sports have something of that nature for incoming millionaires and incoming players, because that's exactly what they are. Chris Carter was on stage giving some advice to some uh, soon-to-be NFL uh, players. And he said, and I'm, I'm obviously paraphrasing here, that if you're going to be out and you're going to be out on some bullshit, you're going to be out there with your boys and, you know, you're going to have, if you choose to have an entourage, if you choose to be in the club, if you choose to be a 
an accessible celebrity, which you don't have to be. You have the money to not be that. But if you choose to be, make sure you have a quote unquote fall guy. And the internet was uh, set ablaze because Chris Carter says, if you're going to be out and you're going to be smoking in the off season, you're going to be drink drunk driving. You're going to be, you know, bringing bitches back to the crib who really just want to, you know, mess with a baller and possibly want to uh, get knocked up by you. If you're going to be in these difficult to manage situations or the not, not, I don't, yeah, they can be difficult to manage in these vulnerable situations. That's more what it is. If you're going to put yourself as a millionaire, as a business, because that's what, that's what athletes are. They're businesses. They're, they're human walking businesses. If you're going to put yourself out there, you need to have somebody in your crew ready to take the shit, to go to jail. To spend that night in prison and take all those lumps. And I thought it was the best advice ever. The best advice ever. Because that's the that's that's the that's the realness. I mean, we just talked about Michael Vick. I don't want to get too specific into the Michael Vick story, but if he because the way they the way they found out that he was dog fighting, he was nowhere near. I think one of his boys got into some shit while trying to travel and then um they came to a house that was listed as his address but it's a house that was owned by michael vick and then they get to looking around and then they find all this dog shit not dog shit isn't like dog boo-boo but like dog um pits um pits where they fight dog cages then they start digging up the backyard and they found all these dead dog bodies but Michael Vick was nowhere near it. He was nowhere near it. And if his man that got caught would have just copped to that shit and said, listen, this is Mike Vick don't live here. This is, I mean, he bought the house for me. This is all my shit. Michael Vick would have never lost that money. Probably still be playing in Atlanta right now. You got to understand that that's the cash flow. And you all have to do whatever you can to protect him. Your homies need to be a hedge, okay? Need to be a hedge around you. I we used to do this when me, E, Bryant, Rook, when we used to hit the streets. All of us had weed on it. Not all of us. Me and Bryant. Me and Bryant usually had weed on us. Look, when we get pulled over, we know the drill. Look, officer, this is my shit. This is my boy's car. He ain't had nothing to do with it. I'll take whatever consequences need to be taken. You got to have somebody in the group that's going to do that. Because if the money machine, if the money man goes to jail, then everybody's broke. But if I go to jail for the money man and he's still out um, playing NFL ball, he's still out making the money. He can take care of me on the inside. He can keep my commissary fat. Put a couple, put a put a meal aside for me for when I get out, depending on how long the time is. I mean, a meal is nothing to some of these athletes, so a meal should definitely be set aside. Like, and that's outside of like the cars and the jewelry and the shit and the, and the, the shit that's waiting in the, in the house. You feel what I'm saying? If I'm Michael Vick, if I'm Michael Vick, 
if I'm an NFL athlete, if I'm if I am of any, if I am a money maker, let's say the the, the Rojo show pops off and I'm uh, I'm Rojo Rogan and I'm I'm doing it. I'm making I'm make I'm making loot, and I'm out with my boys, and we get into a fight. I pull a gun, shoot somebody in the leg. One of my boys needs to take that gun and be like, I shot that nigga, boss. Because if I go to jail, everybody's broke again. But if you go to jail, I can take care of you. I can keep making money. I can keep building my brand. And when you come back, you're coming back to a bigger party than you left. Chris Carter, that was awesome. That was excellent advice. Um, One of the best things I've ever heard you say out of your mouth. Get that, get that, get that fall guy, yo. Get that fall guy. Tracy Ellis Ross workout video. Listen, you go to the Rojo page. Tracy Ellis Ross has a video uh, supposedly honoring her mom. Well, there's, I I don't want to say supposedly. There are, there's, they they splice video of her mom's video in it. And I guess it's kind of like an homage. Because I guess Diana Ross put out a video called Workout. Where she's like dancing around during doing like she's doing light aerobics to one of her songs, and that's like the whole video. So Tracy Ellis Ross, God bless her soul, puts on a leotard and dances with her. And and does the video too. And my, my, my. She sure looked good that night. Um, if you've heard the Rojo show before, I've expressed my, uh, my appreciation. That's what it is. My appreciation for Tracy Ellis Ross and her ample anatomy. But that video, she was Tracy Ellis Ross. I've seen her in person once and couldn't get close enough to her. But if I see her again, I just want to, I just want to, I wonder if I could get a hug. Can I get a hug from Tracy Ellis Ross? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe if I'd have to like, if I was gay, I could probably get a hug from Tracy Ellis Ross. Cause gay guys are way more like nice. Cause they don't, they don't, women don't have the fear that they want to, that gay guys have want to have sex with them. Whereas straight guys are always kind of seen as, uh, I don't want to say perverts, but they're always seen as a threat to the woman's sexuality or vagina. I just want to get a hug to say I hugged her. Whew. Tracy Ellis Ross, you're the real MVP. But um, yeah, this workout video is crazy. I'm trying to find it. I'd like to look at it while I'm talking to y'all about it. Is it like on the actual Rojo page? Maybe. Um, if you're listening to the podcast right now, the Rojo fan page, the Rojo show fan page is alive and kicking. I posted multiple episodes of the Rojo show on it. So you can go right there and, um, and find it. Uh, I will be doing that, uh, from now on, of course you can go to the SoundCloud and you can go to iTunes and you can go to Stitcher all of these other iPod, uh, podcast um, websites and applications. But the Rojo Show Facebook page is now being uh, fully curated and, um, and updated. So please, 
I implore you to use the Rojo Show at gmail.com, the Rojo Show Facebook page, Shy Rojo One on Instagram, Rojo on Twitter. Get at your boy. Let's fly through a couple more of these topics. Um, RG3 talked about Tracy Ellis Ross. Black Pit Masters left out of barbecue boom. Now, if you haven't noticed, there has been a rise in. Well, th- I, this was all spurred. This all spurred from a list of top barbecue um, joints, which is what I, I know them as. What most African Americans know them as. You go to the rib joint. You go to barbecue joint. Um, most easily known by the, excuse me, the um the bulletproof glass. There was a list, and there were no black barbecue places list, uh, listed, which caused for some concern because that would be like if white people had a cheese sandwich st- uh, restaurant or a list of the best cheese sandwich uh, restaurants in America, and there were no white people on it. Because who eats, who makes the best cheese sandwiches? Who makes better cheese sandwiches than white people? There has been a barbecue boom and the originators of it have been left out. And let's keep it real. This is no different than any other boom that was invented and created by black people and then reappropriated and stolen by white people, i.e., um, i.e. rock and roll, i.e. Macklemore winning the Grammy over um, over Kendrick Lamar. I.e. Iggy Azalea being nominated for best rap album in in any universe um, and and J. Cole not being nominated, i.e. the the fried chicken boom. No, no, no. I.e. KFC. Okay, who I thought we all knew. We all know the colonel stole that recipe from niggas. He didn't even cook chicken. What white man on a plantation is cooking chicken. They don't cook. They have the white, they have their niggas cook it. So how are we really buying this story of this Colonel's recipe with all these herbs and spices? I'll tell you what the herbs and spices was. Mammy. Mammy was the herbs and spices. All these fried chicken places in Chicago, honey butter. Um, What's the sandwich place that that is right on uh Augusta and Ashland uh with the with the fried chicken sandwiches those are good they're okay places owned by white people all they playing there is hip hop music but the place is owned by white people smoke daddy and uh in wink in wicker park white people how Barbecues now now a little history on barbecues. Barbecues are what you imagine picnics are to black people. Okay? So when you have a quote unquote picnic, because I talked about a couple episodes ago what picnics really are. Picnics were celebrations that white people had where they picked a nigga to hang and eat they either hung him first or they hung him they either hung him first and then had a party around him or they got nice drunk and liquored up and then hung them. That is what you would imagine 
a barbecue is. That's what a barbecue is to black people. The first animals that blacks uh, that black slaves were allowed to own were um, hogs. So what they did was they uh, they dug a hole, they uh, laid some metal, they laid some coals down, and they roasted the pig on a spit, and they ate them from the ruta to the tuta. This is this is traditionally why black people have developed all of these cuisines, um, all of these dishes based on the whole pig. You get chitlins, you get pig feet, you get um, south. I don't know about south, but you get you get uh, hog maws and you get ham hocks and you get all this all this meat. All of these quote unquote meals from the pig, because that's what white that that was the first animal that blacks were allowed to own on the on them on themselves. I don't know if it was the first one that they were allowed to own, but most commonly that was the that was the animal that a slave could own at that time. They would get a pig and they would cook the pig and for all of the for all of the, for as many niggas as possible to eat, they ate the whole pig. And right after slavery, okay. When we were supposed to be sharecroppers, which is really like a like a high interest loan, like it's a business that you really it's a business that they give you, but you can't manage on your own. You have to you have to go back to master for materials or seeds or something, but what they could do. In the early 1900s is they can get them a pig. They dig a hole in the ground. They lay some uh, some mattress springs on there, which are really just uh, a metal grill. Get it hot, and they'd put them some barbecue on there, and they'd serve it on the side of the road. And that's how they made money. Those are the first barbecue joints or barbecue pits. And now, and, and listen, now when you think of barbecue joints, when you think of uh, pit masters or, or very successful barbecue um, restaurants or, or places, they're these white, bearded, tattooed hipsters who have taken an art form from black people and are, are in no way appreciating or paying homage to the people who invented the, 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 the sport or the... the, the, the the fuck word am i looking for the process we we gotta stop letting them take our shit and it's really just the fact that they have the money and resources to open these types of establishments and and promote them and push them as something new and something exciting and it's not you're doing what black people have been doing for years very much like white people and these taco joints I mean, the only people that don't get away with it, I guess, are Asians because every every uh, Panda Express or um, whatever other fast food version of fast food was one that's downtown on Jackson. Um, but those are primarily made by Asians. And but China, China has all the money in the world. China is about to own Nebraska. Look it up. The U.S. owes China so much money that we are considering calling it even by just giving them a state. They can just they can set it up already. Do the research. 
um, a lot of these Midwestern flatland states already have huge Chinese uh, factories and companies already taking up the real estate on them anyway. Listen, the best barbecue is from blacks. And I've seen it on these shows, okay, where it's, you know, uh, best barbecue on TLC or, um, or uh, you know, TLC, the food channel, all this shit. They're going to these places and they're going to these barbecue joints and all they see is all they visit is white people. Anthony Bourdain, I love that show, but when he came to Chicago, he didn't go to Harold's and I don't see how you don't do that. Name me one place in Harold in, in Chicago that is more famous for food than Harold's chicken. N- please name me one. Al's beef, okay. But when you come to Chicago, listen, you 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 get a beef, you get deep dish pizza, and you want some Harold's chicken. I don't I don't care who you are. Now you can go and you can say Charlie Trotter and you can say all these other you know, all these other like um, really high high class restaurants but when you ask the common person about Chicago that's what you get and Anthony Bourdain came and I saw this very good article I didn't read it but it was an article entitled North Sider Stop Acting Like Chicago Doesn't Have a South Side the majority of Chicago is South Side are you fucking serious let's keep it all the way 100 people Moving on. Black women on wine train kicked off for being for laughing out loud, laughing while black. I don't have enough information on this. Okay, I would really like to know what. And listen, I have black people are a fun, loving people. We laugh loud because um, shit, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it came from a feeling of not knowing when you would laugh again. Common Negro spiritual, this may be the last time. And I don't think other any I don't think many other cultures that well listen, African Americans are the and no, black people, parentheses, the descendants of slaves, um, are the only people I believe, and I, I spoke with Will about this in length when we were uh, on our trip, are the only people who have had to live and endure their they're oppressors, right? So if you, I, I like to compare slavery to the Holocaust because we love Jews here. We love the Jews. Um, Jews, when the Holocaust was over, they did not, they, they don't, they didn't have to live in Germany with the very people that were exterminating them. Whereas as soon as slavery was over, they said they were free. And then it was just supposed to, we were just supposed to like click and switch into this, this harmony, this, this sharing of land and and resources. Black people are the only people who have had to um, be fucked over and then asked to live in harmony with the people that fucked us over. No other people have had to do that. So it makes it, it makes it difficult when things like this happen, because on one hand, I know, okay, I know women get loud. And then under that, I know black women get loud and, and talk and laugh and can get, 
I don't want to say obnoxious, but it can get to a point of annoyance. I would like to know what kind of atmosphere this wine train tries to cultivate. Maybe it's not a place where that kind of shit, where loud, or I don't even, I don't even want to say loud, where enthusiasm and exuberance is supposed to be, uh, is supposed to take place. Maybe it's a wine, it's a wine train where you're just supposed to sit there and sip your wine and, and look at the, the, the vast array of uh, countryside that you're passing through. I don't know. Maybe it's not a party. And, and that's something that's something that black people are looking for. We're looking for a release. We're looking for a place to have fun. And a wine train seems like it could be fun. Maybe they were too loud for the type of t- the type of um, environment or the type of aesthetic that the wine train was going for. Should they have been kicked off? Absolutely not. They were refunded their money. But should they have been kicked off? Absolutely not. But I do somewhat understand if that is not the type of vibe they were going for. I'll give you an example. When Tiger Woods first started playing uh, playing uh, golf, there were all these jokes about niggas going to the golf games or niggas going to the U.S. Open and seeing all that grass and wanting to barbecue. And I can understand that because that's what black people do in celebration when there is a large park or when there is a large uh, amount of space, you know, we bring the grill out, we bring the, the radio out and it's, it, it is in no way mischievous or meant to buck the system or, or a sign of disrespect. It's just how we congregate and enjoy ourselves amongst each other. You know, you, you bring out the football, you bring out the volleyball nets, you know what I'm saying? You have fun. And that's what we do when we see grass. Now, for that not to be the culture of golf, we understand that. That's fine. But you need to tell we need to know that. And you have to understand that what we're doing is in no way meant to um, disregard or disrespect the status quo. It's just us bringing our culture into the mix. And it's not like I mean, listen, black people are some of the most inclusive people on the earth. We love nothing more than to people than for people to come in and enjoy our culture alongside us. What we don't do and what we need to start enforcing more is people enjoying our culture and then taking over and wanting to bring it back to them, to their culture as something brand new. Taylor Swift squad up fuck out of here. You serious? I don't know. I would like to have known what everybody else on the wine train was doing. Were they just getting drunk and being quiet? I know myself that white people, when they get drunk, they are not quiet. They are not peaceful. They are not, uh, you know, I'm going to get drunk and read a book. If you don't believe me, go to a Cubs game. Go to a Cubs game and, and observe white people getting drunk. Go to a college campus and observe white people getting drunk. They don't get drunk and then get quiet. They get drunk and get belligerent. Some of the worst drunks I know are white. 
My Uncle Reggie was a drunk. I talk about him all the time. He got drunk. He got fun. He started not looking at you in your eyes, but he became a bit of an asshole. That's what, that's what liquor does. Okay. Now, if this was a weed smoking train, okay, I could understand them getting a little annoyed by them being loud. Cause when you smoke, especially if you got a nice indica, you kind of want to chill. You kind of want to lay back. You might fall asleep. You know, you might watch a movie and forget that you're on a train. That's what I did when I was in Cali, uh, not Cali, when I was taking a train from Portland to Seattle. I don't know. I, I, w- I would like to, was it wrong for them to be kicked off the train? Absolutely. Was it, uh, they did refund their money. Um, but I, I would like to know what the environment on this train was. Were they the only ones laughing? Were they the only ones talking? Were they, only, were they the only ones having fun? Because a lot of times that's the issue too. White people get mad because black people are having a better time than them. Cause we know how to, we know how to let the bullshit go and just kind of chill. And I'm sure these, again, black people are very inclusive. Y'all could come and fuck with us. Y'all can come chill with us. I remember in high school when we had the African-American assembly, it was no problem for Latinos and whites to come in on our shit and help. When the Mexicans had Alas, eh, there was a little negotiation that had to go on, you know? I mean, I saw so basically better than everybody in Alas except Jose. Bailar <laughs> conmigo. But they looked at me sideways when I was in there. And subsequently, I, I, I punked out. I was in high school. I, did, I didn't have as much, uh, as much um, courage as I do now, perhaps. Let's fly through some more of these topics. Um, talked about that. Ferguson uh, withdraws warrants prior to 2015. That's awesome because a lot of those warrants were bullshit anyway. So they have, they have uh, greatly decreased the amount of bullshit stops that they had to engage in because they erased a lot of their unnecessary warrants. And these were, I, when I heard some of the shit that people were getting pulled over and harassed for in Ferguson, it's crazy, okay? Walking too far in the street. You don't have sidewalks. You don't have sidewalks. So where else am I supposed to walk? I'm not saying they don't, they have dirt roads. I'm saying they don't have sidewalks and there's, listen, Lansing don't have no fucking sidewalks. South Holland don't always have sidewalks. Harvey don't always have sidewalks. Curfew. Listen, if a, if a grown man, if a grown man pulls me over and asks me what I'm doing out too late, <laughs> listen, I'd spit on their spit in their face. Um, Brock Lesnar on Ronda Rousey. Brock Lesnar is, let's look up Brock Lesnar's stats. Brock Lesnar, I became aware of Brock Lesnar in the uh, WWE. Um, he was a wrestler. He used to do the spear. The spear is a uh, illegal move in football where you you lunge basically head for, first, but the brunt of the impact goes on your shoulders. You basically shoulder someone in the stomach, pushes them to the ground. It's really crazy. Um, Brock Lesnar is 6'3", 300 pounds. He is a monster, a massive ball of testosterone. He's fought in the WWE and he's fought in the UFC. So he's done fake fighting and real fighting. Brock Lesnar on Ronda Rousey. She is a man amongst women in the female division, which is all I've been saying. 
And if you think about it like that, should a man be bragging about whooping other women's asses? Hell no. But uh, she is, who's she dating? Brock Lesnar, uh, no, no, no. Uh, Ronda Rousey dates wife beater. Is it Tate Fletcher? I don't want to be calling names out. But I want to know what his name is Because I believe he's an MMA fighter too Which If you're Ronda Rousey and you're all tough Like she uh, pretends to be Or whatever She uh You really can't You really can't date normal men Can you You kind of have to date somebody that's um Hopped up on fucking That is as aggressive Or in That is in Travis Brown Travis Brown, not Tate Fletcher. Sorry, Tate. Uh, Travis Brown has um, his wife. He's still married. So she's dating a married man, number one. You you do nothing, bitch, right? <laughs> I'm not a do nothing, bitch, is the, the quote that she's uh, getting all this whatever for. Um, She's dating a married man whose wife is complaining about who has has posted pictures of the pain and the bruises that he has left on her body. So how can you talk? Uh, it's it's tough when you're. What the fuck did you say? What did Big Brown commented? That's Brendan Schaub. I don't, I don't, he's okay. He, I go back and forth with him. But yeah, she's dating some guy who beats the shit out of his wife. That's all I'm gonna say on that because I I don't even know if I'm supposed to be talking about Rhonda yet because I promised myself. I think it was three episodes ago that I was going to lay off of Rhonda, but she keeps doing dumb shit. I don't know. Whatever. Um, women's tennis players get breaks and play shorter games. I didn't know this. Okay. I didn't know that in women's tennis, they get a 10 minute break before the second and third sets. If it is above 86 degrees which it commonly is because not only is tennis a summer sport, but it's played in some of the hottest and humid times of the year. So generally women get 10 minute breaks and, and they only play three sets. Men play five. And they have, for the longest, been this proponent of equal pay and equal treatment, yet you don't play by the same rules. Women's tennis is, I don't know. I don't want to talk too much about it because I don't, I don't, I've never played tennis. Uh, I've watched a lot of tennis. I enjoy watching tennis. Um, I'd like to talk to Dan about this because Dan, Dan played tennis in college, I believe. He was a big time tennis player. But women, uh, they, they only play three sets and they demand a break when it's over 86 degrees. And when this is brought up to them, there is a there's an arrogance. I, I don't see the, the arrogance, the hypocrisy of your supposed equality. You want to be paid the same. You want the same TV coverage. Yet there hasn't been a famous there hasn't been a female tennis player that is more famous than the men since Serena and Venus have come along. And not only are they women, they're black women, they're sisters. They wore braids 
for the first um th- there's all these other things outside of their skills which are brought to the forefront of what makes them popular for a long time venus and serena weren't popular because they were good tennis players they were popular because they were black they were popular because of their hairstyles uh serena now is th- there's way more talk way more talk about um the, the disrespectful comments of her looking masculine or whatever the fuck uh the new york what, whatever new york publication that was that says she looked masculine they don't talk about how she's won just about every major this year they don't talk about that they talk about how she looks masculine and in the same breath say that caitlin jenner looks beautiful i don't even want to get on that stop it yeah guys <laughs> listen um but yeah i i just i just want to know what what equality is i just want to know how you measure fairness and equality when things are so obviously different obviously different why should men and women why should male and female tennis players be played uh, get played the same when men play Two extra mat, two et- two extra sets of tennis. Explain that to me, and we can go further. Um, now just some quick fast topics. Um, Heat Wave. Um, I found this album. I- I'm going through a vinyl stage right now. I'm working on like sampling my sam- I'm tightening up my sampling techniques. Um, I found an album. Album. Um, Too Hot to Handle by Heat Wave. Hits on it include Always and Forever. Always and Forever. Each moment with you. It uh that's the song that Bilal's uh was dance was slow dancing. Mar- Martin Lawrence was slow dancing with the chick in House Party too when she said uh when you say she's soft like <laughs> like fresh house puppies. Um this is Rod Temperton's first band. And if you don't know who Rod Temperton is, Rod Temperton wrote Thriller. He wrote Off the Wall, um, the songs, and um, Rock With You. He wrote all three of those massive hits for Michael Jackson. And this was his original uh, band. But I wanted to talk about um, their bass player, Mario Mantise who after a show was stabbed by his, I don't know if it was his wife, but it was definitely his baby moms stabbed multiple times, went into a coma coma for about, let's look at Mario Mantis. Um, After leaving a party in London in 1978, he was stabbed in the heart by his girlfriend. For several minutes, he was clinically dead before he could be reanimated and operated on. After several months, he awoke from a coma, blind, mute, and paralyzed in his entire body. He could never play bass again and had lost his singing voice. He didn't file charges against the attacker and moved back to Switzerland and wrote about his recovery. He has a male child by the same woman that allegedly stabbed him and is still in touch with him and her. In his autobiography, Mantis says, my consciousness was luminous, powerful and clear. 
At the same time, I was lying there in a paralyzed body without any possibility to communicate with the outer world. Being blind, I learned to look inside and became able to see in a special way. Being mute taught me the active power of silence and being totally paralyzed, I learned patience and within it, deep commit contentment. Wowzers. That's crazy. But like I said, this album is amazing. I continually, I am continually amazed by the heat I own on vinyl because I thought always and forever was, um, I thought that was, um, a fuck. Who did I think made that stylistics? I thought that was a stylistics cut and it's not, it's by heat wave. But like I said, so he was in an original band with Rod Temperton got stabbed up and Rod Temperton went on to write all this shit for, um, for Michael Jackson. So he like totally, he was stabbed. His wife, girlfriend, whatever it was, fucked him up from being on one of the biggest records ever. Thriller. That sucks huge balls. Um, Gumball 3000. If you don't know what Gumball 3000 is, it's a cross country race. Started off in Europe. They pick different places every year. Uh, one year it was from Spain to Germany. Um, they've done it in the U.S. from L.A. to New York. They've also done something where they they cross the uh, they do it from they do it in Europe and then they they ferry all of the cars over. And um, it is a it it's expensive to join. You got you got it. It's it costs twenty thousand dollars just to take part in it. Um, you have to submit pictures of your car because they don't let everybody ride in it. You, I don't think you could do it in like a a Toyota Camry. But um, a lot, a lot of awesome cars have been been driven in the Gumball Three Thousand. That might be the first rich shit I do. Like if I ever got like a dumb amount of money, like if I ever truly had what they call fuck you money, which I believe is in excess of ten million. But you gotta like keep being able to flip that ten. I feel like the Gumball is gonna be one of the first things I do, and. I would have to do it with E because E is my car friend. Like he's when I have questions about cars, not necessarily on like how to fix them, but what was the car in gone in 60 seconds? What was the car in Starsky and Hutch? You know, what's the fastest blah, blah, blah I can do with the, with, with this car or whatever. E knows a lot of that shit. Gumball 3000, it'll be me and him driving cross country from somewhere in something fast, preferably something American if it's in Europe. If it's something here, eh, I might be a little bit more lenient, but I want something that not everybody's going to have. Like it's a lot of Lambos, probably a lot of Ferraris. I want something crazy, something that people aren't going to expect. One year, somebody drove a Tumblr and the Tumblr is the, the, the Batmobile from the Christopher Nolan movies. Um, and that would be fucking gangster. Is there anything I missed? I've, this is a long show. I've never gone this long. I don't think this is probably the longest show ever, but this is the only one I did this, this week, or am I just late on it? Maybe I'm just late on it. Cause I think, I think I was supposed to do it yesterday and this is Friday. I, I usually don't like doing Friday shows, but as long as I hit you before the weekend, you know, I feel like everybody should be good. But I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up. This is episode 18 of the Rojo Show. Again, please share the Rojo Show. Don't just keep it to yourself, okay? When you get some hot shit, 
You want to pass it around, okay? So puff this twice and pass it to the next person, okay? There's a lot of topics I didn't get to. I didn't get to talk about Target taking down their gender signs. Um, they're, they're Target no longer, I don't know if they're no longer separating boys and girls clothes, but they are taking down uh, the labels for them to and somehow appease transgendered uh, activists um, that think that that, uh, that in some way forces children to think a certain way about uh, toys or think a certain way about clothes. Listen, if you take a boy into the toy aisle, he's going to want cars and trucks. It, it just It's something that he's drawn to. He's not drawn to uh, princess figures and easy bake ovens. Just like girls aren't, well, girls are a little bit, you know, but that's because I don't know why that is, but that's fine. Who cares? Nobody cares. Kids are drawn to what they're drawn to. Taking labels off of it is not going to change it anyway. G hit me. I got into a, a minor conversation on his uh, page about um, there was a four year uh, third grade um, transgender kid. Which which boggles my mind because I don't know she was diagnosed with gender dysphoria, which is where you're born like you're you're born a girl but you identify more as a boy. How do you how do you gauge that in third grade? How do you gauge that? What is she doing that could be so gender specific or masculine? That she can be diagnosed with gender dysphoria in third grade. You don't even know who you are. You, you have very little knowledge of self to know what exactly you identify with sexually. Just be a kid. Why can't they just be kids? It seems like every year kids become adults younger. And this is not something that a third grader should even be. It shouldn't even be on their radar. This is something that parents should just kind of go with the flow on, you know, like that's that's one thing I did take from this House of Lies show with Don Cheadle. His son I, is he doesn't he he doesn't claim to be gay. Um, He doesn't really claim to be anything, but he does wear eye makeup. He does wear what I would consider girl clothing. He does carry a handbag, but he likes girls. But again, he's older than third grade. I, I don't know. It seemed like a very, let me know. I, I feel like that should be, I mean, maybe, maybe she's gone through puberty in third grade. I don't think so. When did I, I mean, I don't know. I've, all, I've been, I was kind of sexually forward. I mean, I remember getting caught in preschool, you know, kissing a girl with my hand over shirt. And there was no remnants of titties there. It was just two little kids doing something they had probably seen on TV. But I don't know. I feel like that's some. You, I don't even think you can have a conversation about gender dysphoria until you've had some kind of. I don't know. Fifth grade is fifth grade too late. Give it another two years. I don't know. But there were some people. You know, I was really surprised by uh, Viverito's take on it. Because, I don't know, I always seem to uh, assume that social justice warriors or people that agree with that kind of thing are doing it for some sort of attention that they don't receive sexually on their own. And Viverito, he gets it, you know. I, I assume, very attractive guy. If I was a girl, I mean, I'd, I'd throw something at him. If I had girls that I, if I had, if I, 
had more single female friends, I'd put them on the Viverito. But mm-hmm. I just don't think that's something that a third grader should even have on their radar yet. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm insensitive. Maybe I'm like belittling the thoughts and the uh, the intelligence of third graders. But that's my take. If you don't agree with it, at uh, the Rojo Show at gmail.com at Rojo. If you type Rojo on Twitter, you can find me. The Rojo Show on uh, Facebook is up and alive and kicking. Get at me. Um, Shy Rojo one on Instagram. I'm gonna cut this one. I've never gone this long. I'm sorry if I drew it out a little bit. I had a lot of topics to get to. I talked a little bit. I talked a lot about RG3 and Mike Vick in the in the top half, but. Uh, the way they doing Mike Vick with these signatures is really heavy on my heart. And 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 again, ladies, tell me if dog fighting is a bigger issue than rape. Just let me know, please. Um, that's my show, episode 18. I'll probably be back Monday. Um, till then, guys, be good. Be good to people. One. <laughs>